0: I had the studio open for two weeks and then we went into lockdown. Um, so that was pretty oh, challenging. Yeah. And then, obviously, personally, um, a week before I opened the business, I went through like a breakup. I was going to open this beautiful studio and people coming in the doors. So my whole world just went into 360. And I just do remember like when I did open it, or when this happened, that lockdown and obviously the breakup. I remember just sitting on my stairs in the gym and just in tears. <coughs>
1: Welcome to Beyond the Brand, an unfiltered podcast where business growth and excitement collide. Powered by InSeek Identity, we're on a mission to reveal the true stories of business owners and share actionable marketing tips. Not only will you feel less alone on your business journey, you will discover the fun of marketing and the power it holds to make you the go-to business in your niche. So welcome to the podcast, Jess. It's so fun to have you here today.
0: Thanks, Jim Vardy, Sacha. I'm looking forward to uh, chatting some shit with
1: you. No worries. I'm super excited to hear your business story. Um, You know, we have been friends for many, many years, but I think it is fun. You have an awesome business story, ups and downs, so Mm -hmm. it'll be exciting to get into it. I also think that you'll be able to help a lot of people, people that haven't started their business yet and just need that inspiration, but also people in the fitness gym industry that, you know, are a few years in. and. Suffer with a bit of imposter syndrome and things like that, and want to hear your journey and learn from you and how you've gotten to where you are. So, let's just jump straight in. I reckon. Let's tell everybody a little bit about you, how old you are, um, what you were like as a kid, and how that stemmed into where you are now.
0: Um, So, yeah, so my name's obviously Jeremy. Um, (laughs) So, I'm 29 now, 30 in a couple of months' time. Uh, young Jeremy, what was he like? Um, he was
1: the worst. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, no, I was probably like when I was real young, like um, you know, probably five to twelve. I was probably a pretty timid kid. I was pretty shy. I was very much into sport and everything like that. Very competitive. Love my rugby league. So. Love Crona came by Sharks, playing for them, and then obviously supported the Sharkies myself. So, yeah, I've always been—I would say—at you know, school, I did okay. It was never it was always on my report cards. You know, if he applied himself, he could do well.
1: <laughs> participation.
0: <laughs> there was a lot of participation <laughs> awards. Um, but yeah, very much, I was definitely more sporty than academic at school.
1: Yeah. Awesome. And what are some things, Jez, in your childhood that, you know, you probably didn't notice at the time, but now you look back and you're like, no wonder I ended up in the fitness industry.
0: I suppose my mum was like, you know, I was sport, but like, there was always like, I reckon self-driven anything like at school, like I'd give soccer a go. I'd give, you know, cricket a go. Like I was just very competitive Yeah. And for me, like to have fun when I was playing sport was winning. Yeah. Or trying to win. Yeah. Like I was never would be just participating. So, yeah. Um, and then definitely so. So, I think it was obviously played such a heavy part in my childhood and then all the way through, like I was still playing football, you know, to my late 20s. So, um, and then obviously like, you know, the training and I'll go into all that stuff a bit later has probably always been a part of that. And then, you know, yeah. And then fell into PT from that.
1: Yeah. Well, I think knowing you for so long, how old were you? We? Five, I think, when we became yeah, yeah. friends, lucky yeah. you. Um, and going to school with you for so many years, like you were definitely more on the sports side. I remember us in class weren't the most academic definitely not not. (laughs) but I think like it is pretty obvious how you have ended up in the fitness industry but we're in year 12 or you were figuring out what we wanted to Mm. do did you know then or did you explore other industries how did you end Um, up there
0: I suppose like year 12 so I was still very you know set and focused to try and you know be a professional rugby league player and then at high school definitely in the HSC like for since like I didn't study very hard, I thought I literally thought the trial H- HSE trials were a trial, I didn't think they actually counted <laughs> towards anything. So, I remember um,
1: walking out halfway through and saying, We did not learn this. <laughs> well, we
0: just sat in glory jeans and fucked out most of the time, yeah. <laughs> um, because it might be a little bit, um, oh, yeah, we had fun, yeah. So, year 12, like I definitely didn't have a clear path or direction or anything like that, and what I wanted to do, I was just definitely like very lost ultimately, like, you know, in terms of my perception of PT was something you did part time, you mm. know, you can't really make a career out of it. That was definitely, and that and that wasn't just stem from me, that stemmed from, you know, other people like peers or people that are older and stuff like that. So, I generally didn't think PT was a, you know, a, lot, a lifelong job I could have or career. So, that's why I entertained the idea or went into doing, you know, a trade and did plumbing and stuff like that. And, stuff so
1: yeah. yeah and how long did you do that for
0: I lasted 12 months <laughs>
1: Really? you didn't
0: like it uh no it was more you know the work I didn't love the work you know I did enjoy I've always had a good work ethic so I always worked hard turned up on time and gave it my best I think you know how I was probably treated and stuff like that you know you know going to work some days being called you're a used to see and all that kind of stuff yeah it was pretty um it was look there was some great times but there was just like I suppose how I was feeling when I was going to work, I was quite anxious every morning. Yeah and I'm like and it wasn't because of the work, it was just, you know, working for certain bosses and stuff like that was yeah, it was challenging in a way and um, it did affect my confidence a little bit.
1: Yeah, you gotta have a passion for what you're doing. Like it shows up. For yeah, I sure. definitely
0: didn't have passion for that.
1: Yeah. And I think like P T <laughs> going back to what you were saying, like I think it was very true especially back then like it was like it was so saturated the industry wasn't it like everyone was a PT and there was so much competition. Mm. So how did you go from so where did you start like you started as a PT and then Mm -hmm. how did that expand into becoming a business owner?
0: Probably when I finished doing a trade I remember I did my PT course at night time just to have some kind of qualification there and then um I just remember after finishing up, yeah, I lost a lot of confidence. And I remember one summer, I just go, I don't want to work. I just will chill out for a little bit and just work it out. Mm-hmm. And then my mum's into me. She's like, Jeremy, you got to go, you know, do something. You got this PT course, you know. And she used to be a client actually at Vision carrying by years ago. And then one of her friends owns Vision Sylvania. And I think I didn't actually call up for the job interview. I didn't even know there was a job Did interview. Did your mum I up? actually didn't even know there was a job going. To be honest, mum just yeah. called up. Uh, yeah. She knew Joe. Joe Hurst. So,
1: yeah.
0: Um, and called Joan. Basically said, look. I've got Jeremy at home. He's doing nothing. Can he just come up and just do some work experience?
1: Wow, they'd be um, dying to hire you. <laughs> yeah, they, they,
0: well, lucky Joe is very nice. I wouldn't have been hiring him, to be honest. <laughs> so, yeah, I went up to Sylvania, and to be honest, I was going up there. I did not want to be there at all for the interview. Really? Like, Yeah. And look, a lot of it was not just because, not that I didn't want to work as a PT. I just lost my confidence. Right. Uh, just working, and I was just, there was probably fear. Right. Um, so, but once I went up there met Jo and I don't think she gave me the job straight away from memory. I think she said, come up to see how you find it and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's how I started. So I started 2013 at Vision Sylvania. So how
1: old were you we then? So you 19, were 20. 20. Yeah, 1920. Right. Yeah, So you were really young then. Yeah. Yeah. And did you love it straight away or it took a while um, to get into it?
0: Yeah. I just remember walking in there and like, I never had, I didn't have an idea. I remember I shouted somewhere beforehand, but I didn't have a great idea of what PT was. Like I've only just really worked out when I was training with the sharks or with my mates and stuff like that. So like I walked in there was a studio, like a small gym and I was like, Oh, that's a little bit small, but I didn't really understand. And why is that? And then, now all these clients are pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> I go, well, there's no hot chicks I'm training. So um, so I kind of go, Aww. okay. But then once I understood, you know, the industry a bit better and understood Vision's model better, I could have understood. You got it. the Vision. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I remember just learning that Vision's very good around um, mentoring new trainers and their career path. And I just yeah. remember just understanding how to get a client result. So I remember that first time, I got someone. I'll help them lose. I think their first weighing with me, they lost like a kilo, or a kilo and a half. And I just remember that feeling was actually really cool. Yeah,
1: helping uh, people, helping
0: helping somebody, and you know, and making a difference that way. And yeah, I just yeah love being in there. And I'm very much a people person. I don't know definitely. how I'd go, I don't know how I'd go just working at a desk. So yeah, um, yeah. So I think it's sort of catered for all those kind of things that are like I enjoyed actively helping somebody, and then definitely working with people and being in that environment.
1: Yeah. And so you're about 20 at this stage Mm. and what about the business side of things like did you, have you always had a bit of a passion for business or you kind of just fell in love with the industry and then the business passion kind of came later?
0: I think with vision, what that does very well was the, it had a career path. So a lot of, you know, as a PT, you work at other gyms and stuff like that. You're very much pigeonholed just to be a PT. Yeah. And then what you can do is, you know, you can be your own business, but you'd be always maybe paying rent in a gym or, um, you know, you could own your own independent gym. I could like down the track, but what I loved about vision, there was a career path model of becoming a trainer, a senior trainer. You know, manager or a master trainer, um, depending if you want to go more the business or keep working on the floor as a PT, and then progression into a, being a franchise owner. Oh,
1: that's awesome.
0: So that, yeah. and then, so when I kind of saw that, I always wanted to be, I've always got a bit, I've got a bit of an ego, to be honest. <laughs> um, and... I don't know why, but I just wanted to be the best. So I always thought being the best man. I love that. Being, um, like being the manager. And that's the first point and you know, doing that. So I wanted to be leading a team and, and having that. And I always thought, I remember getting about a year or two into PT and I started thinking, the amount of the money you're making is not probably the greatest. But also too, I started thinking like down the track, can I see myself five ten years plus still doing the same stuff waking yeah. up at 4:30 doing 40 45 hours of actual per- training people it gets to a point where you've got to start thinking the next steps yeah,
1: and definitely. that's why
0: manager was appealing to me because I could still work in the industry but I could you know help run the business and then also help you know develop training careers but not have to be there huge hours um, yeah. 'Cause you gotta start thinking if you go down potentially having kids and all that stuff, like bullshit. Oh <laughs> having kids and stuff like that, maybe oh, down the track, you can't be waking up at four thirty and then getting home at eight o'clock most nights a yeah, week. No like you're gonna have no life, yeah. you're probably not gonna have, you know, a successful relationship and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: probably not. Yeah, and I think there's nothing wrong with having an ego in the terms of having healthy competition with yourself and yeah. just getting better with you.
0: Well, I just remember working walking first into Sylvania, the studio. And I literally thought I was better than all the trainers because I looked like better than them. That's literally what oh I went God. through in my head. I go, I go <laughs> that guy's not muscly. That guy looks like, I don't know, one of the guys just did not look like a trainer at all. And I go, okay, I should be better than them. That yeah. was literally yeah. my mindset. Yeah. But very different now. But yeah, that's yeah, how I That's thought.
1: awesome. And okay, so we're 20 years old at this stage, 2013, mm-hmm. 10 years ago. And then how many years went by before you became a manager? What was the next Yeah, step? so
0: there's, there was different steps. I, I got I got put into the manager role way too quick. I think I was only there for a year and a half.
1: That's good. No,
0: well, it, it is good. It was great, but I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't a leader. I was still doing like dumb shit on the weekends. You? <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, 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 I know. I still do it sometimes now. <laughs> um, I wasn't a role model. I had no idea how to lead people. Different personalities. Because I hadn't become it. So there's this saying like, fast is slow, slow is fast. So if you progress people too quickly, it will, you'll actually end up taking longer to get to where you need to be and, yeah, do, it, I love and that. do it effectively. Yeah. I went into management, didn't really know what I was doing. I was still really good, doing heaps of PT, but good at sales. And that was just more of a natural thing. And then 2016 happened and Joe sold the business and another guy, Nathan Walsh, came in and bought it. And he was a really good mentor for me and basically said, like, mate, you're not a manager, but, you know, we'll have you here as a senior trainer, but, you know, I'll help get you there to make sure you're experienced and you actually know what you're doing.
1: So, Mm.
0: um, yeah, so I think, you know, looking back on that is that I was thrown into a position just through it as a title. I didn't actually earn that.
1: Yeah, but what are your thoughts on sometimes imperfect action like just being thrown into a role and you know sometimes the best things happen when you're not ready and you just you're forced to learn how to do it
0: yeah I like I get that like in some parts and you do you that kind of sink or swim kind of thing but I think in terms of especially now like in terms of people development a lot of people need reassurance and guidance yeah you allow them to make some mistakes and stuff like that but they've got that you know reassurance of you're actually helping develop and you've given them the tools in place to actually do it successfully. Yeah. So let's put it this way, I went there as a manager and I didn't grow the studio, the business didn't go forward or anything. Because I didn't have the tools there. Right. And ultimately like I just kind of I was leading by a position. I wasn't actually leading people through actions and motivation.
1: Right. Okay, awesome. So let's fast forward a few more years and you take the big leap and you start your own business, but there were a few personal issues that went on in your life that were quite hard for you. So do you mind like sharing them and how you overcame them and what the situation was?
0: Yeah, so um, I suppose first of all, I started up my business in June 2021. So that's when we officially opened. I had the studio open for two weeks and then we went into lockdown. Um, so that was pretty challenging and then obviously personally um, a week before I opened the business I went through like a breakup combination of both those things I'm very much when I have a goal and like I know what direction I'm going I'll work hard towards it so I had you know things like I thought that you know that that relationship was long term I you know thought I was going to open this beautiful studio and people coming in the doors so my whole world just went into 360 and I just do remember like when I did open it or when this happened, that lockdown and obviously the breakup, I remember just sitting on my stairs in the gym and just in tears and I've just gone, I just said to myself like, fuck, like what, how's it got to this? Like how's everything just changed in the space a couple of weeks? So yeah, so that was like, it was like the worst nightmare. Like it was really, really tough. Yeah, because
1: you were moving from the Shire to a whole new area together. Mm.
0: Planning to move over that way. So then obviously that was what well, was changing as well, the living situation. So I'm starting to think, what am I going to do? So I ended up living at the back of the studio for about <laughs> six to eight that. months. <laughs> uh, look, it served its purpose. And yeah, like I remember I went out and I got blind in Biomain, Um like just stupidly drunk. And I just remember the next day, just did dumb shit and I just felt like, I just remember like, I felt like I was losing everything and I said, you've got, you got to make a decision like right two now. Options. Yeah. So you can either feel sorry for yourself or, you know, this business right now is all you've got in your life. So you've just got to give it everything you got. And I, I just remember, I'm so glad that happened and had that talk. And then, yeah, literally just probably not the healthiest thing, but I just lived and breathed. Working that was literally yeah. it, like, and just got in there and really ripped in.
1: What was your motivation for your future self, wasn't it?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, so there's a bit of more like a motivation, like, because uh, like that kind of going through that breakup, I felt like I was unsuccessful a little bit, I don't feel like you're worthy or something like that. So I just remember getting in and just going, like, prove it to yourself, yeah. Like, well, I know for the vision network, you know, we grew from nothing to break even in four months and wow. um, grew to you know from zero to like 10k in like six months so yeah. you know not many businesses grew in a lockdown period so that was just purely just being consistent working outdoors you know just being relentless with it as well. Yeah
1: I feel like also going through that personal struggle pushed you even more because it was like your main focus mm. So during that time, it was obviously a really hard time for you personally. Mm. Were there some mornings where you're just like, I just can't do this. I don't want to get up. I don't want to, when we have our own business, there's no boss making sure we're there at 9.01 in the morning. What were some things that might help other people that helped you keep pushing on through that hard time?
0: Well, I remember like at the start of all this happening, I I was sweating the bed every night. Like I was anxious, (laughs) like it was bad. And I remember my mum was giving me valiums to fall asleep. I just couldn't sleep. And I just remember one morning, I felt like this, like I literally was tired, slept deprived, probably having valiums didn't help. I remember after that, I stopped drinking as well. So that was, that was good. But. I was getting the new cold driving from Canada, ben- I mean, and I just saw like like a traffic light. And I just started thinking, imagine if I just crashed my car into that. So oh, I was like, be. yeah, I just remember having that thought though, like in yeah. my head. And I did obviously didn't do it, but I just went well, through obviously. it. <laughs> obviously. didn't do it. But I started having those, those thoughts, like every day was really, really tough. Like it was really, really tough. But I just knew, I just knew, in my, I just had to keep turning up. You know, just turning up because I just knew each day was going to get better.
1: And what was like your mindset to keep turning up?
0: It was just the... You know like it was i suppose having business partners yeah. you know that depend on you i'm very much yeah. if people are relying on me like i've take that really seriously so like matt and danny like you know they were there for me all the time and um but it's also for me as well like this has worked way too hard over and it's taken me eight years to get here to own a business just to throw it away yeah it. well i suppose like the personal things i i ended up moving over to balmain and I always really struggled about being by myself and I was I've only got a psychologist at the time. And the biggest thing, it was probably a blessing at the time, but it was really hard being locked down is that, you know, you couldn't really see people. I was over in a different, you know, suburb, not that far away, but anything leaving the shy, yeah, <laughs> out of the bubble. But I just started doing stuff by myself. So I used to find going and doing the groceries by myself really, really hard. Like it was just like these mental things. So just going to do things like that, go sit in a park and listen to personal development or listen to music. So I just started getting more and more comfortable by myself and I actually yeah. started enjoying being alone. That was some of the, big, the biggest personal growth I got during that time, so
1: and I think that's so good that you had that time because mm. it, it is such a growth period for people to go through after because yep. you were together a few years.:
0: Yeah, a couple of years yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah. and what were your thoughts on getting like help from a psychologist? Is that something you would recommend?
0: Yeah, for sure, you know my mum, yeah bless her like I'd be calling her every day yeah. you know and when you're talking to someone that's a family member or a friend they're always going to have a very biased you know, view on things, you know, and they're going to say you're all right, you know, know, you're good, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think when you go see a psychologist, they actually go through proper coaching where you come up and you've got to find, they'll lead you, navigate you in a direction, but you've got to come up and you find it out yourself and answers about why you're the way you are and you yeah. know why certain things happen in your life and stuff like that and and then you just start to get the tools on how to handle things but and
1: I think the emotion is removed like when you're talking to your mum, it's a, it's such a different dynamic when mm. you're seeing a psychologist and they're like okay well let's think about this from a different perspective that's the key thing I think
0: yeah for sure so that was this was really happy like I think that accountability of the business for me really helped me get through a lot and basically stopped drinking during that lockdown. I was training every day or all those things um you know I was eating well like I was really consistent with my nutrition. So like if I didn't have the accountability of just starting a business it p- could have gone another way.
1: Yeah, did well. you notice stopping drinking made a huge difference?
0: Massively because I was like I remember that time when I was saying to you before about um, how I felt the next day. Like, I felt shit for two or three days. And I just remember, and I had another drink after that. It wasn't big, but I just would go into a real negative mindset. So, yeah, so I just made sure, like, I just knew that was obviously one thing that wasn't agreeing with me at that time.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. So, we're in 2021 now, end of 2021. How long into the business before you hired your first staff member?
0: So, I had someone straight away with me. So that was he So I had a young guy called Isaac. So he started with me um, from the very get-go. Again, that was probably challenging for him because he was meant to be working in a gym and then we're setting up equipment every morning in a park um, six days a week. And God, you
1: forget how annoying lockdown was.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, like nice I've got – I can't even go back to that park. I'm traumatised. <laughs> 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 yeah, so he started off with me and then biggest challenge is – like there was a period we didn't grow and then we just started growing again and then I – had to take some more hours PT. As an owner, you, you don't want to be doing overly too much PT because that takes away from how to effectively run a business and develop your people. So, yeah, so, so and the biggest challenge in, in that lockdown too is hiring of staff. So where a lot of other businesses were looking at, moving staff on at that time. And, mm. you know, uh, what was it, keeper and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, like I was saying to Isaac, like, I was like, mate, you're probably the only PT that's actually grown their hours and making more money in, in a lockdown. And so they really struggled to find that second person. By about October, I found that second person with us, Elizabeth. And uh, so it was myself, Isaac and Elizabeth. And, yeah, so by the end of, I think I had two or three trainers by the end of 2021 working for us.
1: So six months in (laughs) and you have three staff members. Yeah. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, needed. Yeah. Like the growth, like it was like at that time, just remember it was like obviously an awesome feeling, but. Yeah. um, Scary? uh, No, not really. Like I I knew it was the scariest part was how am I going to like, it's a great problem to have. How am I going to fit all these clients in? with all of us because it couldn't get staff but I was very fortunate the reason why we grew I believe was we we're just consistent like I had the same equipment set up in the same spot in the same park and it was in a very visible spot so a lot of people in Bowmane noticed that Bowmane being more of a white uh, collar area um, a lot of people were working from home yeah. so um, and had nothing else to do so they're and like, there's
1: jazz on the corner <laughs>
0: there's that guy in that red shirt <laughs> is that annoying still, guy <laughs> yeah he was six days <laughs> six days a week so or not, I, I was consistent in that and they could see what we were delivering the service we were delivering out there and people needed you know at the time gyms couldn't open you couldn't do group training the business model fortunately with vision is personal training that's our that's our our main thing so people saw us training clients one on one and they're like you know what, I need to be doing something. Because a lot of people probably learnt from the first lockdown in 2020 where most people, a lot of people put on weight, drank too much. They're like, no, I'm not going to allow that to happen. So later I was in the park and benefited from it.
1: And I think like that would have been one of the toughest industries um, apart from probably events back mm. in COVID because I remember there was a stage where it was like you could only train two people at a time and it was rough. Mm. In the personal training space, mm-hmm you're the face of the business, so people want you, they want Jeremy. How do you go building a business, being the face of the business, clients wanting to train with you, but then there's only so many hours in the day you're wearing all the hats being a business owner and then building a team? Mm. How do you go navigating that?
0: Yeah, it's still something I probably haven't navigated properly yet, but the idea is like you need to make sure you're developing your people and putting so much time into them that you just got to make a decision. I, I listened this the other day when I was at a um, – like a management training course just with vision and you got to tell yourself you're a business owner not a trainer and that's what i and for whatever reason, people have kept telling me but whatever reason and that really stuck like you know stuck with me is that if you put enough time and investment and you know your clients will want to train with the other trainers as well yes it's a little bit hard initially and people will ask for you but you just literally just got to say to them look i don't do i don't do personal training this person's a fantastic trainer they're going to be able to deliver these results for you. Yeah. It's hard and,
1: keeping up with demand, isn't it?
0: And, um, <laughs> and and that's the thing is if you're a business owner and you're doing a shitload of hours at PT, you're not going to be a good business owner. And I can guarantee you, when you're doing your PT, you're not listening. You're not actually delivering a great service because your mind's on the business of what you're not doing. Hundred percent. And and that happens. And so, that, and I tell those clients, like, okay, you're going to get a better service because they're going to check in, in like with you. They're going to check your food diaries. They're going to be present with your sessions. They're going to be invested in your journey. When you're a business owner, you are in different hats. So PT really ends up becoming very low on your priority list. Hundred percent. You end up actually being doing a disservice. You're at the end of the day, you are a role model for your team, and they start seeing your standards drop. you'll probably theirs will probably drop,
1: yeah, I think that's a really good tip as well. Like you see so many builders who find it so hard to get off the tools and mm. run the business and be behind the business. Mm. um same with me, like not identifying as a graphic designer anymore, but a business owner and like delegating. so I think you will as the business owner, you always have the vision,
0: mm. but then it's
1: like getting a team to help you build that vision.
0: Yeah. And, and obviously making sure you recruit the right team. You know, that's something like I'm still working out and making sure that's right. And I think with anything, most careers or jobs out there is that it's important that you have the right people and you can provide a career path for them. They can see them doing it long term because you want to be up for anything in terms of like, you know, I know for me is You know, we're going to make sure I want my clients to be looked after. So for the clients to be looked after and get a five star service, I have to put time and effort and, you know, put time into my team and stuff like that as well. Yeah. You know, the, the, the people side and you need to make sure you can show them and prove that they can have a long-term career with you and, and actually identify which people aren't going to be there long-term because, yeah. um, you know, that's important too because you need to start or you always got to be recruiting, right? Once you, you get a feel, you know, it's taken me a while, still still working it out. But you start to get a feel on which people are not going to be there long term, and then you just start over time making sure you're bringing in long term people in your business that actually want to, you know, develop, you know, be invested in what they're doing, but have a long term career in it.
1: Yeah. So you've been through a few ups and downs with the whole hiring and building a team yep. aspect of the business. Do you mind sharing some, you know, maybe mistakes or things yep. that you've learned from when hiring a team and what you look out for now?
0: Yeah, so like in the 2021 period, I knew those trainers probably were never going to be long term, but I needed people to train clients. So I was always aware of that. Fast forward, like probably in last year, we had trainers in there that were okay. But I, what I would probably say is um, I was very sales orientated last year. So I probably didn't do enough in terms of their development space. I was just focusing on just growing, getting more clients and stuff like that and yeah that worked really well but I probably took the the eye off ball with like trainer development but also to there was people in that business I knew I probably needed to move on and I didn't do it because I didn't want to disrupt the boat you know so because we're growing I go geez I don't want to lose a trainer right now because you know if you usually lose trainers you know you you know you'll lose clients as well all right so but once it got to a point where you know there was a certain trainer you know I just knew that wasn't going to be long term and I made it more just coached him out this year early this year I lost two trainers back to back and so that was kind of the start of this year being very up and down so that was probably the first real period of the business where it was really really challenging but what I learned from that was yes we did lose clients and stuff like that as well but you know then I brought in you know better people and better people that wanted to you know over time you know want to be here long term and and follow, again, we have a very a system that we have and follow the system. Right now, like, you know, it's, again, it's not perfect or anything like that. But what I did learn out of it is if there's someone in your business that probably, you know, you don't feel right about, yeah, don't be afraid to make that decision because it will bite you on the ass and it'll vote you harder later down the track.
1: Sorry, I was just going to say, what are some things like when you're first hiring that you would never do now? Or what are some things that you like, what are those red flags when you're hiring now that you look out for?
0: Yeah. So I suppose when you're desperate, you do desperate things, right? And you kind of cater to their needs a little bit. So very much in the recruitment process, we have like a four stage process. So we do like career presentations, basically going how vision and what we do and how that will benefit you as a trainer. So to make sure they know what they're getting themselves into, then they can make, you know, if you feel like there's a good vibe or whatever, and then they're interested to know the next steps, you go through like a fitness testing. Part. then we go into like a one-on-one interview and then we'll take them like I get them to take me through a wait session so following all the steps properly you know being very clear on your expectations of the role and this is what we expect this is what we're looking for in our team this is also how we can basically provide you a long-term career use the proof of results in terms of you know I've gone through the system I've, you know I'm an owner other people that you know, my business partners as well Being very clear and upfront of what the role is because I think with the trainers that I had in the past I kind of catered towards what their maybe working capacity was in terms of hours knowing they had maybe sometimes for us like you know if they're doing a university course that can be a bit of a red flag because again that course is always going to be their priority yeah and you know distracting and that can be distracting from what they do here so yeah there's Yeah. yeah a lot of those so yeah being very firm on what the role is and what you're looking for and don't kind of drop your standards.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, pretty early on now, if somebody's the right fit, like you just get a gut feeling. Mm.
0: Yeah. You get a great, you, cause you see yeah. it all right. You've seen yeah. you past, you know, behavioral patterns and stuff like that. Yeah, you start to go, okay, cool. Like that's, I can maybe like, this person. And there was a good, what book was it? Um, I think like how to be a successful leader or something by John Maxwell. And it was like, if you can't see you're in your business in four months time, get rid of them now. Right. Very yeah. simple, but yeah. um, I think it's a very good way to look at things.
1: As yeah, well. it's kind of that saying. What is it? higher slow fire fast but i think yeah. once you've trained somebody you're like
0: oh well that's the other <laughs> thing you've you got to try and put and you put the emotion because you do like there's a lot of so much m- time. time and then obviously there's the um, the financial investment in somebody mm. as well um, and then you know i am i'll put my hand up like i'm a very i'm an emotional person yeah. so you know when someone you know hasn't worked out or stuff like that you do get it's a hard. little bit cut but i think over time you you start to take the emotion out of it and you just got to go into action you go well. I can't sit here and feel sorry for myself. It's like okay, it's
1: business. It's you gotta. I think that's the biggest thing. You've got to distinct the difference between personal and business, mm. and you've got to wear your business hat sometimes, and then your personal is different. Yeah,
0: for sure. And you've got to look at if certain aspects of like if someone's left and you know may have been blindsided, or whatever is. You've got to sometimes look at it and go like, why is that happened, Learn and and why have you, why they may have acted that way. And I think you know it's important. Like you've got to look after your your team and stuff like that. And obviously reward the right people and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if you give too much, people will take advantage of it, especially with like the general, like, you know, I'm working with more younger 20-year-olds and they'll take advantage of that. A lot of them, not saying all of them, but that's, and I don't hate using, you know, Gen Z and stuff like that. What people are looking for, if you can, especially the right people, if you can give them a long-term career and they they can see themselves doing, because a lot of people come into PT, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not always the brightest, <laughs> like the brightest people, right? Well, you
1: came into the industry, uh, exactly so. <laughs> right.
0: Um, and some people are generally looking; they're lost at yeah. their time, and they just need someone to guide them. And and then if you can guide them and you know show them, you know what you can do well out of this, and you can have a long term career, they'll be the right people that will stick by and, and be loyal to you and uh, and do right.
1: Yeah, I love that. I think you've got a very good mentality when it comes to building a team. Mm, for sure, yeah, I hope so. Cool. So now I'm going to do a quick three questions. All, right, all right. Fire round of the pros and cons. So to anyone that's maybe thinking about starting a business in yeah. the fitness space, what's probably a, a pro and a con of the industry?
0: I suppose like pro, you, you know, you love health and fitness, um, but also too I think you love working with people and you love seeing, like for me, I love just seeing the growth of what you can have. You can honestly, yes, you know, you can, you're never capped at what you can do. You can always grow unless you benefit people into your space. But there's always opportunity to grow, sell, all that stuff. But there's also too, like in terms of the people development, like being able to help somebody, like for me, my passion isn't as much now helping clients. It's more, you know, working with the people, your team and actually see them grow and, and see them get a result and see how that impacts on their lives. Yeah, team
1: is your foundation to your whole business.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like if you know you're helping them with their goals and they're achieving that, ultimately that's going to hit, you know, your own personal your goals as well so
1: yeah yeah I
0: think and then like for us it's like the team camaraderie when you've got a good team in there that's and you're rocking up to work every day it's fun like in in our space too you don't really get like the demotivated people in the kitchen like you know, <laughs> oh, you know, sitting, sitting there going I wish it was you know I wish it wasn't Monday and all that <laughs> kind of stuff you know everyone's pretty motivated so that's why it, it is a good environment
1: um, yeah it's high energy yeah Yeah. And what's maybe the biggest misconception or con when it comes to starting a business in the fitness industry specifically?
0: Yeah, I think like, you know, it it is a, um, I suppose, a business that can, again, we'll go back to team. If you lose team members, um, you know, there's, again, COVID, um, again, that right now we're finding quite challenging with the rise in interest rates and people coming off fixed rates at the moment. So, and cost of living has gone up. So sometimes, you know, if you aren't providing that, you know, fantastic five-star service, or people generally might not be able to afford your services, that can be an impact as well. Growth and all that, and it can fluctuate very quickly as well. So you can never really take your foot off the pedal. You know, you've always got to be on. You've got to make sure you know where your team's at, the people at in your business. And for, for Vision and what we do, we're very different to like a big gym model. So big gym models are not reliant on the staff as much. It's more about what deals and selling bulk, you know, memberships. You use like a fitness first any time yeah. fitness and those kind of things like there's, they've actually got statistics on how many people that don't actually turn up to the gym and oh, stuff like that. Never. So, th- <laughs> so their their main thing would be just more keeping the amenities clean, like tidy, professional in that way. Where as a PT, you know, your staff have to be on all the time, providing a five star res- result uh, service. Result,
1: you say resort.
0: they've got to be results because people are paying more money if your clients aren't turning up to the gym you know, or the studio, that's not a good thing. You know, that's yeah. a, because ultimately they're paying personal training you know, fees. That's a lot of money to be just throwing down the train. So you've yeah. just got to always make sure like people and you're servicing the clients 100% all the time.
1: Yeah, so different to Fitness First because you're keeping people accountable. Like how many people have Fitness First memberships and don't go for a year. Yeah. They don't care, do they? Well, they're getting they, paid.
0: Well they're locked into a contract yeah. and then you know they're hard contracts to get out of. So Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, so yeah, so very different. So that would be the hardest thing in terms of what you know I do. Okay, awesome. Cool.
1: Okay. Again. Okay. Now we're gonna finish with three quick questions. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Question number one is what is one tool in business that you couldn't live without?
0: I've had to get better at using this, but I now now understand the benefits is uh, me, Matt and Danny use a note system. So we know what exactly comes out each week out of the business. Might be equipment loans, you know, might be how much the wages are going to be, and we've got it projected for the whole year. So each week we know exactly where the business needs to be, how much we need to pay each week, and what comes yeah. out, and what's left over. And that, that that's essential. You have to be obviously to be a successful and profitable business, you need to know where you are with in terms of your um, outgoings and um, what's coming in.
1: Yeah, and I think sometimes simple is best. Like your notes app's always with you, isn't it?
0: Well, the thing is too. So like, so it's all live. So everything that gets edited is, yeah, is live. You can share it. With share people. it. And what? And we're always on our phones, right? Like I could sit there and do excel spreadsheets but i can guarantee you Mm. i know matt and i are not going to work well on a spreadsheet danny probably would love it yeah but you know it's just a much more efficient way what what works for us um rather than having to sit there on the phone and them calling me go jeremy what's happening why so Mm. much money coming out here or why, why did that cost that much it's very transparent
1: and it's also just a brain dump getting your thoughts out yeah. into an app
0: mm, yeah for sure yeah like it's it's clear and transparent love yeah it. so that's that's probably one of the number one tools as I, I feel as maybe like as a business owner you yeah. need to
1: have love it Question number two is when you started the business or for anyone wanting to start a business in this Mm. industry, how much money did you need to get going?
0: So I didn't even need a lot of money. Like I needed like, I think it was max like 20 grand or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very fortunate with, you know, the opportunity to go with Matt and Danny and we're able to borrow money as well from, um, you know, like um, from Vision and um, we're obviously borrowed against like Matt's property and all that kind of stuff. So we're very lucky. I was lucky in that sense. Like I had a good opportunity but again you know opportunity comes because you know you've had good connections with people and stuff like that as well so yeah no the investment wasn't a huge amount but in terms of starting like a studio you, you know you are looking at a 250 grand you know overall investment to start up
1: okay and where is vision balmain in 5 years
0: yeah so vision balmain ultimately is going to be having me not working in there physically <laughs> that's yep. where i want it to be like i'll have a manager in there hopefully staff you know, about eight to nine people servicing, you know, close to 200 clients as well. Um, in the Balmain Roselle Birchgrove communities and hopefully by then they're multiplied and looking at doing you know you know two to three studios by then as well.
1: Yeah love that yeah. so you'll be on your own island everyone will be working for you
0: <laughs> no no <laughs> but, but what I say is not working in there like you, you're always going to be no, working on mean, the business yeah. but growing people and I suppose we'll go back a step is that growing someone in my team from a rookie trainer to a studio owner and being able to whether they want to know, hopefully they go down and be a partner with myself and whoever that other person is as well. But that would be very satisfying that you've been able to assist someone along that. So that's my big driver at the moment is, you know, get Bama into a position that can do that, Um, have someone be able to manage it and grow them, but also to having that person ready to go and um, open up their own studio on Monday.
1: Thank you so much for coming in, Jez. I really appreciate you being so vulnerable and raw and mm. some great tips that you've provided for everyone. Yeah. So if anyone wants to look you up, have a session with you, have a chat with you, where can yeah. they find you?
0: You can find me at jeremysab 93 and other um, businesses at VisionPT Valmain.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. it had a pleasure, Ash. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Beyond the Brand. You can follow us on Instagram at Inseek underscore identity for episode updates and more biz tips and tricks.